Pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. Today, what I want us to study is uh, the story of the Canaanite woman in Matthew 15, uh, 21 through 28. You'll also find that same story from a different perspective in the book of Mark, seven, chapter 7, verse 24 through 30. But we're going to stay in Matthew today because the story has several key points that I want us to look at and use in ministering great faith. As I look at the class, uh, a lot of the people that come is, come have faith. They, they know God, and they're wanting more of God, and they're wanting to be equipped to go and share God's word to people. And I, I want to share this scripture and, and make it available to us with a knowledge of understanding that we can minister this word. Amen? So, but before I start, I want to share a little revelation that I got about 15 years ago. And uh, I preached a message on this revelation uh, when I received it at another church. But here's my story. It was a cold winter day in February, and I was at a car auction in Waco, Texas. And it's a small auction, and they run a couple lanes. I don't know if you've seen a Jackson Barrett sale on TV or have seen uh, different shows where they're having auctions. But this particular morning... Um, there was a lot of cars, but they were running this one auction lane. They didn't have the multiple lanes running where they're running, you know, four or five cars at a time. Well, as I'm standing there, we're all elbow to shoulder, and it's real tight in there. And uh, for some reason or another, uh, I just looked down. I'm waiting on a car. Come, I look down. And when I looked down on the ground, I saw a shiny penny sitting on the ground. And as I looked at that penny, a guy kind of worked his way through the crowd and stepped off on that penny and kept going. Another guy came through, and he stepped on that penny and kept going. Well, God asked me, Mitch, what do you think these guys would do if, in fact, there was a $100 bill laying on that ground? Not the shiny penny, but the 100 Would they walk over that, or do you think that they would take the time to pick that $100 bill up. Well, I'll assure you, most people will pick up the $100 bill. But here's a revelation God gave me, was that there are times in our lives that we treat a divine appointment to minister the word of God to somebody in need as though it's a penny. We don't stop and minister to those people when they need some help. So I want to share this scripture today. And I want us to stop and pick up our pennies along the way in life. These pennies are very valuable. And every time I even see a penny on the ground, I'm always reminded of that revelation God gave me so we can help people. Because that's what we're here. That's why we're here. We're here to understand God's word in a very rich and powerful way. So we can get out and help this hurting hurting world, this lost and hurting world. Pastor Larry all the time says, Takun Alam to repair a broken world. And I want us to 
to grasp that today. And I want us to look at this small little passage as a way to take this woman's story and apply it as we go out into, into the world. Amen? So let's just pray for a minute. Let's just ask God to come before we read the word. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. And we ask that you come and be with us through this study. Holy Spirit, I ask that you fill this place. Fill this place so full. Touch our hearts, touch our minds, and change our lives. And encourage us to go out and to fulfill the great commission. We ask this now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay, let's read this story. It's in Matthew 15, verse 21 through 28. And the word says, Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Jesus did not answer a word. So his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps crying out for us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. But the woman came and knelt before him. Lord, help me, she says. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she said, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered the woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and here your daughter is healed from this very hour. Amen. So, here's this woman that that is not even in Israel. She's not even in, in the vicinity of Israel. Tyre and Sodom is in the region of modern-day Lebanon. Jesus was ministering at the time at Gennesaret. This is where the story of him feeding the 5,000 and then him having a run-in with the Pharisees of being ritually clean or unritually clean. And he finally just decided, hey, let's get out of here. I'm getting a lot of pressure from people that from the religious sect, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my way out of here so I can spend time with you guys. Some scholars say that he went intentionally for this lady. Others think that he went because he needed to get away, which I'm sure he did because of his popularity. You know, his ministry was really beginning to grow, and more and more people. I mean, can you imagine being in that group of 5,000 people or 5,000 men plus women and children? Now, here's another thing I want you to think about. When he made way up into that vicinity, here's this woman who probably heard of the many miracles that were taking place off the Sea of Galilee. I would imagine the day that those 5,000 men were fed, there wasn't a couple of those guys in the crowd that were merchants that would go up to Tyre and Sodom because they were port cities getting merchandise to bring back into Israel. So this woman was aware of his mighty power and his deity and the ministry that he was performing. So what I want us to think about in this story are seven points. The first one is the word region. Some versions say vicinity. The other is the seek, the seeking of the Lord, the intercession before the Lord, her persistence in her prayers and her request, her worship and her humility. And the last thing is, of course, the answered prayer. And we're going to break those down. So let's go to the very first word I mentioned, region or vicinity. Vicinity. In, in 21, 
The word says, leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. What I want to get you to think about is that was something that naturally took place. Jesus was in that region. That woman lived in that vicinity of that region. She came to seek the Lord for a blessing. Now, I'm using vicinity or region as a metaphor. When we're touching out and reaching people who are in need, who are hurting, we need to find out where are they spiritually? Are they living in the region or vicinity of doubt and unbelief? Are they in fear or paralyzed? Are they, um, you know, succumb to shame of guilt? Or do they believe that they're not even good enough? And the reason the Lord put on my heart about the good enough is there's people that don't feel like they're good enough. And this lady is a great example of showing that we are good enough because she wasn't even a Jew. And in this story, uh, you know, Jesus came for the lost sheep of Israel. He wasn't there for the Canaanite people or the Gentiles. He was there for, for, for the Jewish people. So this woman overcame her unbelief in that she wasn't good enough because she understood the revelation of who he was. And so as we go into the story even further, you'll see where this revelation of, of, uh, that she had of him served her well. Amen. So our first word is region or vicinity. And here's something also when we're talking to people who are hurting and in need. We, we need to minister to them for sure a salvation. Now, in that, people have got to understand that, that uh, the Lord is for them. He's not against them. And I always bring people to Jeremiah 29, 11, where the Lord uh, says, I have a plan for you. I have a plan for you. I have a plan to, to prosper you. I have a plan to give you a hope and a future. And when those people receive that, I also say, listen, if you read Proverbs 3, 5, and six, it says, trust the Lord. When we're ministering to people, they got to understand that Lord has a plan. You receive that plan in your heart, you know it, and then you got to trust it. You got to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all his ways. In that part of ministry, you're beginning to move those people from that negative mindset into the vicinity of Christ's likeness. Not every time will they go all the way to that, but you've been able to open the door to where God will begin to work in their heart. So metaphorically speaking, this lady was in the region or in the vicinity of Jesus's, the region that he was in. So let's take people to the place where Jesus is at as we minister the word, amen? By the way, today we're teaching on great faith. I forgot to share that with y'all. Amen. We're teaching on great faith. And, and the characteristics of what great faith looks like in work. So if we can grasp how great faith works, then we can take that from our, from our experiences that we live and share it with others to help build up their faith. Because in my business, with my traveling that I do, um, I meet a lot of hurting people. I, heard, I meet a lot of people that need this revelation. And uh, like I shared earlier, I pick up the pennies. I stop, I pick up my pennies, and I share. I share. So, the second display of great faith was she physically went out to seek the Lord. Seek is my second word, amen? 
And her example, as I just mentioned, is that she physically went looking for Jesus. You see, people that we encounter, they're afraid at some times to go look for the Lord. We as mature Christians, we don't comprehend that. But there are people that need to be led in that trust in the Lord. And so we, 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 here's the scripture that I have for that in Hebrew 4.16. I let him know. I said, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Let us approach the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Listen, when, if you get your mind in the right place and you begin to seek the Lord and go before him, great things are going to happen for you in your life. Now, if you guys don't mind for these people that are just getting in here, let me share a little bit from the start, okay? What I, what I shared to begin with about great faith is this teaching today is about ministering to people and helping them reach great faith, helping them build up their faith. And part of this teaching is a revelation that I got years ago. I was at a car auction, and uh, it was a cold day. It was rainy, sleeting. The sale just got started. There's a bunch of cars, but they were only running one lane. Anyway, uh, as I was standing there, I looked down on the ground. I saw a shiny penny laying on the ground. People were walking on it, over it as I watched it. And then the Lord dropped in my spirit, man. And he said, what if that was a $100 bill? What if that was a hundred laying there? I said, well, what'd they pick it up? Then the Lord convicted me. He said, my people treat the divine appointments as though it's a penny. They walk right by it. So the reason I'm sharing this message is for us to be in tune with the spirit to help people who are in need of hearing a faith word. And this word is full. And and the actions is this woman did showed great faith and she wasn't a jew she was born a greek she was a canaanite woman and so that's why we started off with you know um you have to get your she was at the right place when she ran into jesus she went and seek the lord she found him the third thing that i want to address is the third display is the intercession you'll see the woman engaged in intercession in verse 22. We're in Matthew 15, verse 22. And the, Canaanite, and the Canaanite woman from that vicinity came to him crying out, Lord, son of David. There's that revelation I was talking about. Have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from demon possession. Now here's the example that this woman shows in, in my study of intercession. Her action was that she intervene on behalf of her daughter she came to the lord she was in the right place she seeked out the the lord and she came and stood before the lord intercession and here's a quote intercession is a step up from prayer intercession is a prayer is the intercession is praying god's heart into a specific situation or or standing in the gap on behalf of a person who is in need of mercy and grace. I remember a service. It was a couple weeks after we had news about Lion and, and his sickness, Pastor Larry and Tiz's grandson and Luke and Jen's son. 
And he was in dire need of a miracle. And I remember that we all stood in the sanctuary, all of us. And this is before COVID, so we had a, a full house. And we all began to pray for this baby with Pastor Larry. And we began to pray for Larry, for Tiz, and the family. And we were standing in the gap. We were believing for a miracle. We were believing that God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. We knew that we knew that God was going to show up in that hour. We knew it. And we were in a a posture. We were standing in intercession. And we continued to carry on our prayers for pastors weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And but we we prayed for the boy's health. But then I praised God every single day for that boy's healing. We went from praying for a miracle to praising the miracle. Amen? That's what we did. And we saw the miracle. Well, this is what the posture that this woman had when she went before the Lord, calling out, son of David, have mercy on me and my daughter. She is demon-possessed. We need a miracle. So, the, the prayers of the righteous man availeth much. We need to learn to, to encourage people to get her into a rich life of prayer and nurture that. We also need to understand that as we minister to people and we run into people, there's been times where I've made intercession for somebody at a gas station. I've prayed for that person at a gas station, or I prayed for that person at an auction, or I prayed for that person at the bank. Because my spirit knew that that person was in need of a miracle. And I wouldn't be a, a, a faith man or a righteous man if I didn't stop and take time for him. I wanted to stop. And to me, to me, listen, when you see a penny, don't be too prideful to pick it up. Because every time you pick it up, you always remember. You're going to remember, I need, I need to take time for humanity because that's what I'm here for. That's what I'm called to do as a believer in Christ. So the third thing that, that she displayed as great faith was the intercession for her daughter. The fourth display of great faith was her persistence. You'll find that in chapter, I mean, in verse 23. Jesus did not answer a word. When she was crying out, Jesus didn't answer her. He did not answer her. And his disciples came to Jesus and said, hey, tell us to take her away. But she kept crying. She kept crying out, Lord, Lord. And she continued on even after Jesus told her, hey, I have come for the lost sheep of Israel. So, there's several things with that scripture that's rich in regards to ministering this word to people is that God's timing is not our timing and our timing is in God's timing. We are in, we are in God's hand. Everything filters through the hands of God. So, you know, this woman was also being tested her faith where she was pressing in and pressing in. She continued to persist. She wasn't going to give up. I've seen people where they get started they get a breakthrough, and then they're back where they were. They're back in that wrong mindset. They're back in that doubt and unbelief. Not this lady. She continued to press through and press through and press through. So a scripture that I use to encourage people is Psalms 27, verse 13 through 14. It says, I am still confident of this, 
I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong. Take heart and wait for the Lord. Another example of strong persistence was with Pastor Larry and Tiz. And Pastor spoke Ephesians 6.13 all the time. He says, I stood my ground. And after I stood and I've done everything to stand, I stand. I'm taking authority and I'm not giving up. When he was prayed out, he couldn't say another prayer concerning that matter. What did he do? He stood. He stood, he, he stood his ground. He claimed that territory. Amen? So this is something we need to press in to the people that we're ministering to, that we have got to be persistent. We've got to, you've got to. And, and listen, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll stand with you. I'll encourage you. If you're feeling that you're having a tough day and you're, better, you're about to, the, you think you're going to backslide, you call me. Because we're going to continue to to proceed with this. We're going to push and continue to be persistent in this thing. And that's what this lady showed was persistence. I also want to share this with you. And this was a very um, interesting revelation that I received many years ago. Um, Laura and I spent uh, many years in a healing ministry. And um, there was a gentleman that uh, every week he would come down and pray for his toe. Because he was suffering with diabetes. And he was concerned about losing his toe, possibly losing his foot. So he'd come down every week, and he's crying out to God and crying out to God and crying out to God. And uh, that morning, my uh, senior pastor at the time leaned over to me, and he says, go down there and tell him to stop the crying and start the believing. God doesn't necessarily move in the cries, but he moves in the belief. He believes if we believe and we move, so we can cry about it, just like this woman continued to cry about it, but she still hadn't received her blessing. So get that in your, in your heart, in your mind, that, that if people are always crying and always crying, lead them to the faith. Tell them, stop your crying and start believing. Be, be able to project in your mind what it is that you would like to see God do. If you can get that in your mind or you, you know, have the mind of Christ. Renew your mind daily. Have your mind, because our faith, the success of our faith is only the distance of six inches from doubt and unbelief to walking in faith. And that six inches is right here between our ears, believe it or not. We listen to our heart. What is our heart telling us? Doubt and unbelief or belief? Amen? All right. Okay. The fifth display of great faith was her worship. You'll see in uh, 25, and the woman came and knelt before him, and she said, Lord, help me. She's, she's done all the pushing. And here's what's so great. When we persist, and then we begin to profess, and we begin to worship, for her, she was worshiping in the re- revelation of the fulfillment of prophecy of the seed of David. And that was the promise of the Messiah. Does that make sense? She worshiped in the revelation of the fulfillment of prophecy of the seed of David and the promise of the Messiah. Here's what's interesting. This woman and the centurion soldier, the centurion soldier had faith in Jesus due to his authority 
this woman had faith in Jesus' authority or who he was by the promise of the Messiah. And just think of all the testimonies of people that sat there that day and was fed by Christ, the 5,000 men. I, 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 I don't know it for a fact, and I may be speaking incorrectly, but I can't help but to think that as he fed those 5,000 people up on the shore of Galilee, how many of you have been to Israel? Okay, it, it's on northern, it's north part of the country that there were people that ended up continuing on their journey up into Sodom and, and uh, Tyre. And she's, she heard about all the miracles. So she knew that the Messiah was there. She knew that there was a Messiah. So the point I want to make is that we need to lead people to walk in the wisdom and revelation of who Jesus is. Amen. And also explain to them that worshiping isn't always, you you don't, worshiping is this, enjoying his creation, loving others, and this is waiting on the miracle. Learning to love yourself. Notice when we complain that we need to turn that to praise and continue to pray and praise God intentionally, full-heartedly. Amen. All right. Let's go to the sixth display of great faith, and it is humility. And you'll find that in verse 26 and 27. And Jesus replied to her, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. And her response was, yes, Lord. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. Her example of humility shows that she knew she was a sinner and that he was the son of God and the prophesied Messiah. And she was willing to sacrifice everything to receive her miracle. Amen? And uh, we as human beings, when we minister to people, need to understand, because I've met people who don't get this, but all have sinned and fallen short of God, uh, from the glory of God. But the word of James in 4.8 says, Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Forms of humility, as we wait on our prayer to be answered, is if we find ourselves falling short of God, we continue to confess our sin. We humble and acknowledge God in everything we do, and we thank God daily for the coming blessing. Amen? All right. Now, the last one is the answer of prayer. You'll find that in 28. Then Jesus answered, Woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted, and her daughter was healed that very hour. I know, I'm, I'm pausing because this, is, this was powerful. Yes. Powerful. This scripture is so rich, so much teaching and knowledge. And I'm trying the very best I can to help us be able to take this scripture and go out and share it with others and encourage them. But here's the thing about the answer prayer. It's the example of the foreshadow of the future of Christ's ministry to the world and to all people. You see, he advanced time for this woman that displayed her great faith. If we, if people can grasp how awesome our Father is 
And I'm speaking that we're helping a dying world. That's what I'm getting at. We all know that in here. We know how good God is. And, uh, and maybe I'm a little unique because I'm out meeting all sorts of people type every day. So um, sharing Jesus to people is a wonderful, wonderful thing to do. But here's the point I want to make about answered prayer and great faith. Great faith is not knowing what the future holds. It's knowing who holds the future. Amen? And a lot of times people are looking for answers. They're looking in the wrong places. And, I'm, and I say, listen, you got to know who holds your future. Just like we talked about earlier, God has a plan for us. He has a purpose. He has, a, he has made a way for us to have a hope in the future. Amen? So, with that said, region is metaphorically speaking region or vicinity where they were is a metaphor for us helping people get their mind on the things of God and get them off of doubt and unbelief, fear, paralyzed by fear, uh, succumb to guilt, things of that nature. Seek God, intercede with God, stand in the gap for people, help them to continue to press on, help them to understand a form of worship as they're waiting on the Lord and that we shall humble ourselves in all that we do before God. Amen? And God will answer our prayers. So we're going to get done here a little earlier than normal, but if you'd like, please stick around and have some coffee and some uh, snacks up there before we head down to our location. But I want to thank you guys for sitting in here with me today. Amen? There's a great blessing to come. It's been many years that I've come and shared my heart with people, and and uh, I was called to... Uh, Tuesday morning, Pastor Wanderson said, hey, can you come do this? And this has been on my heart for several weeks. You know, I, it's, it's really interesting that uh, as Laura and I are coming beside the leadership here and helping them doing what we do, uh, has really stirred my spirit, man. Um, I used to spend hours in the Word many, many, many years ago uh, as we ministered and stuff. But uh, I want to thank you as a class for coming. I want to thank you for coming. Because without you, we wouldn't have this class. And it blesses my heart not only to come and to, to be with you guys, but it also gives me the opportunity to learn just like we're all learning. It's something that I've needed for a long time. So thank you for being a part of this. And let's continue to, yes, thank you. So let's, let's pray and we'll close out. Father, we just come before you today and I know that this word does not return void. And I just pray, Father God, that we are encouraged to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. Now, Lord, I ask that you will bless us and keep us. I ask that you will make your face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. I ask that you lift up your countenance and give us peace. Father, let righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost, the kingdom of heaven, consume us. And then we are like a tree planted by the streams of living water, that our leaves never wither, and we produce fruit in every season, and that we go forth declaring the good works of the Lord. Now, I pray this in faith and in Christ Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, amen. God bless you guys.